0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tea with Tina podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about tracking your food. Which way is best? Before we dive into that, I do gotta say, you know how with the Tea with Tina, my whole thing is is you grab like a caffeinated beverage or not, and you sit down and listen to this podcast with me. Well beverage time one I'm drinking a ton of water right now because for some reason I'm super dehydrated and two I just fell back in love with uh, sparkling ice and oh my god it's amazing like I remember drinking it when I was younger and I didn't really like it like a couple years ago and now I went back to it because I love drinks with carbonation. I don't even care if they have caffeine. I just love the carbonation. And they're amazing. Like the orange mango tastes exactly like like the mango monster. So I'm like, wow, I don't even have to drink monster anymore. I could just drink this. And granted, it's sugar-free with probably artificial sweeteners. But hey, life is short. You know what I mean? Know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's uh, my new latest drink addiction. <laughs> Aside from coffee, energy drinks and that i just why do girls love like sweet drinks have you noticed that like the ig photos you'll see just like piles of like drinks like you have like a a diet drink you have your water you have some tea you have another drink like just clustered together like i need i feel like i need to have like four or five drinks at once too um but i don't know something about it i just like it (sighs) but yeah without further ado let's hop right into the episode tracking your food, which way is best? Well, I'm going to break this down into four different ways to track your food. So starting from the uh, most tedious going down to I would say the least tedious. Um, So the first thing is tracking macros, just plain, you know, calories, protein, carbs, fat. Then we have partial tracking, which is more so calories and protein. Then we have Portion control and habit based, which um, is kind of mainly what I teach, depending, unless you really want to track, but we'll get more into that. And then last, I would say, would be taking photos of your food um, as a way of logging it and intuitive eating. Okay, again, we'll dive into each one. I just kind of want to give you an overview of each thing. So, The first one, and most intensive, most labor intensive, would be to track macros. Um, Tracking macros... Is good for those one if you're in like a competition, like a bikini competition or um, a bodybuilding competition, and you need to get a very specific physique, you need to follow your diet to a T to get a certain look. Um, they manipulate their bodies with tricks, um, sodium and water tricks as well towards the end of their uh, season to look a certain way, and that's where you'll most uh, probably famously see. Macros being tracked. Sorry, what are words? Um, But yeah, that's where you're going to see it most. But tracking macros is pretty much, if you know what you're doing, a foolproof way to know how much you're going to gain weight or lose weight or maintain in a very controlled environment. Um, The downsides of tracking macros are that you, if you really want to get precise, you're going to have to weigh your food out. Um, Measuring is okay, but it's not always 100% accurate, and eyeballing certainly is not 100% accurate, or you probably wouldn't need to go on a diet if eyeballing was correct, am I right? Um, That spoonful of peanut butter, where the serving size is maybe 150 calories, you might be getting a heaping spoonful, which is twice the serving amount, so you're getting 300 calories. Okay, just something to think about, but it's important to note that tracking macros are not going to be A lifelong thing. I think that at some point or another, everyone should do a form of macro tracking. Um, For a lot of my clients, I have them do a food diary where I'll have them, you know, write out three or four days of a regular day of eating for them. And whether they write the calories or I research them and show them, hey, This is what your macro split looks like right now. So here's the portions of your carbs versus your fats versus your proteins. And this is how many calories on average you're intaking. Um, A lot of the times people are just kind of all over the place with their eating. So macros forces you to be more consistent with your eating. um, Balance your meals. Balancing the proteins. A lot of people under eat on protein and things like that. So it really helps balance that all out. But macros are not meant to be forever. It's good to get an idea of what you're eating 1,000%. It's a very concrete, science-based way, kind of set in stone way to know what you're putting in your body. It's foolproof if you know how to do it. Um, But then, once you kind of know, the people who are really good at tracking macros, they just have tracked for so long or for a period of time that they know now what portions have about this many calories and then they can eyeball it because now they know looking at things how much is in a serving size or you know what I mean so that's where macros kind of you, you have to be tedious at first but once you know what you're doing it's almost effortless so yes it is definitely the most labor intensive but it's very informative and I believe everybody should try it to a degree at some point point. and side note I wanted to mention this a little bit earlier when I was talking about macros. Weight watchers is a form of tracking macros. Um, They just utilize points. And I'm sure there's probably other systems out there as well. But Weight Watchers, yeah, it's it's literally simplified tracking macros. They give you a certain amount of points based off how much you weigh and your height and your activity and stuff like that. And they give you foods. And in my opinion, I actually think it's a nice simplified way to track macros. I don't think it's perfect for everyone, but I like the idea that there's zero point foods that are like veggies and stuff. Because yes, veggies indeed do have calories, but there's so few calories in them or like an apple or something and you're not going to gain weight from eating 100 apples. Um, And you're not going to want to eat 100 apples. You're not going to want to overeat those things. So the zero point foods, I think it's a good psychological thing um, to keep you on track and not make you feel restricted. Now, if you're tracking macros, I'd probably recommend using an app like MyFitnessPal. Um, My Macros is a good one, too. They have good databases or even just keeping a food diary of your own if you're more of a pen and paper person. But if you would like a more in-depth podcast episode on tracking macros, let me know. A couple episodes back, I did do a macro mini-series where I broke down each individual macro, um, what they do, and like how to incorporate them in a healthy diet. So yeah, there's that. (laughs) Um, Next thing, we're going to stoop down to partial tracking. So tracking macros can be very overwhelming, especially if you're getting into the fitness realm. Um, Newbies especially or people with general fitness goals don't necessarily need to track macros. But if you want to have some control over everything, I suggest... Partial tracking. So what that is is we don't worry about carbs, we don't worry about fats. We're worrying about where your calorie intake is and how much protein you're getting because honestly, those two are the most um, important things out of all of that. Having enough protein, you're going to stay fuller longer. You're gonna maintain any muscle, especially if you're in a fat loss phase, and it just it's it's a lot leaner and you're gonna hit your calorie goals, feel good, and be more balanced. Again, calories, that's important to hit too, because a lot of the times it's calories in, calories out, so you want to make sure if you want to lose weight, you're in a deficit. If you want to gain weight, you are in a surplus, and if you want to maintain, you're at maintenance. Um, Something to note, this is where things get tricky. Um, It's hard to just kind of go to any old calculator and type in your stats and get a number because you can go to five different calculators and get five totally different numbers. I have gotten numbers ranging from like 1600 calories to 2700 calories. I kid you not. Um, So the way to find your true maintenance is a lot of trial and error. I would pick one of the calculator numbers or average them all together and let's say it's 2,000 calories and stick with that 2,000 calories. Track that 2,000 calories accurately for at least Two weeks. If you don't see your weight change, you're at maintenance. If you see your weight go down, you're not at maintenance. You're in a deficit, and if you see it go up, you're in a surplus, Um, and adjust accordingly. Whether you have to add um, 100 or 200 calories, or take away 100 or 200 calories, and again, do that for two weeks, see what changes. And I say two weeks because our body has to adapt. You may see some fluctuations with water weight, your body adjusting to this new intake in food, yada, yada, yada. So keep that in mind. That's why that two-week window is there. Feel that you're having a hard time with tracking your macros um, or calories or finding where all this is at or you don't have time or you're overwhelmed That is what the fitness professionals are here for. Um, We're here to guide you. We're your teachers, your mentors. Um, We're here to show you an outside perspective of your life and be there to support you. So reach out to one of us. Um, Depending on where you're at, you may need to reach out to a nutritionist if you deal with any chronic conditions, diseases, illnesses, um, a history of eating disorders, things like that. Um... But some coaches can give you some nutrition guidance and help you with macro calculations. And a lot of it's included in their fitness um, programs. So definitely look around. I, you know, Shameless Promo do that as well. (laughs) Um, If my clients ask for it, I will usually help them out with that. Most of them don't need to go crazy with tracking macros. Um because most of my girls do mainly like lifestyle goals, uh general health and like a little bit of fat loss, but usually with small changes they see really great results. Um and we don't like to be stressed out with tracking macros. That's just how we are, but others enjoy it. So if you enjoy it, you do you. <laughs> so um anyways, getting back to the the partial tracking. I was saying it was mainly calories and protein. Um a little bit easier on your brain and like I said it's easier to track but you would essentially track the same way um with you know weighing out your food and seeing how many calories are and everything and just checking the protein content and making sure that you're hitting your protein goals for the day and again carbs and fat you don't have to stress about it so that's that's always something good. A step down from that. Um, This is kind of like my specialty is the portion control and habit-based tracking. This was mainly what I learned in my Precision Nutrition certification and I thought it was great. Um, The idea around it is that most people, like in the American diet, they eat rather crappy. (laughs) Um, A lot of processed foods and you know, there's this idea that instead of focusing on completely, you know, switching around your diet or going keto or low carb or high carb or, you know, I don't know, whole 30, paleo diet, all this stuff. um, Let's see if we go back to the basics. And first, let's see what we can add into your diet before we take away. So I look at things like, If you kept your diet completely the same, what could we add? Could we add a serving of protein? Let's say you ate cereal, okay, for breakfast. Maybe we can add in a hard-boiled egg or two, okay? Um, Yes, you're eating more calories, but just keep up with me. Um, Maybe for lunch, you want to add in a serving of veggies. Maybe bring some carrot sticks and hummus. Um, Dinner, you're going to try for fresh or frozen veggies instead of canned, Um, Or instead of french fries. Things like that. Um, Or a healthier snack. We're going to add in that. Add in more water. So first I see what we can add. Because we lack a lot of stuff in the average American diet. We we lack a lot of nutrients and things that keep us healthy and energetic and fulfilled. So once you start to add in those things, you're going to start to not want the bad things. When you eat that protein, you're probably going to be like, mm, I need less cereal. Or at the very least, you're going to be super full all the way to lunch, and you're probably going to eat a smaller lunch. Um, Same thing with dinner. You're going to start to be like, hmm, these veggies are pretty good. I'm going to start having this every single night. Or, wow, I've been drinking a lot of water, and I crave water now. I need to drink it all the time. So the idea of that is that when you put in the good, the bad starts to kind of balance itself out and go away. The more good, the less bad. See what I'm saying? And I hate to label foods good or bad. I apologize for that, because it really does come down to nutrient dense and less nutrient dense um not even healthy and unhealthy foods because there truly isn't what i would say necessarily unhealthy foods like a sugary food just is a very high sugar food the food itself is not bad but paired with you know um inactive lifestyle and everything else that you're putting in your body it can contribute to bad things but you know if you're a perfect athlete and you eat a super sugary i don't know candy bar with ice cream it's not going to kill you you're not going to get diabetes but over time if you eat that frequently paired with inactivity and yada 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 you will probably see health problems start to pop up in the future so again just wanted to clear that up with the good and bad thing that's the first thing that i do is add in things um As far as applying this to your diet, the diet part of it is one, the portion control. um, We like to use the hand because it's portable. You always have your hand on you for most of you. And um, we like to look at it for things like the palm of your hand is about the serving size of how much protein you should have in one meal. Your thumb is how much fat you should be getting in one meal. And it's easy to check. It's easy to eyeball. And the cool thing is, is the bigger person you are, the bigger your hand, right? So it makes sense that, you know, a bigger person usually would need to have more food and a smaller person would need to have less. And your hand, portion it. You know, a six foot four guy is going to have a way bigger hand than me. So he's going to have a bigger portion of protein um, than I would. So that's again, something that's pretty nifty, pretty cool. Um, And then the other part of it, along with the portion control is habit based coaching. Um, It kind of goes on with adding healthy things. But I like to look at habits because in the long run, that's something that's going to be lifestyle based and getting to the root of your issues that you may be facing. So I always ask people, you know, if you were to pick out one to three of your habits that you don't like what would they be and a lot of the times I hear things like late night snacking or I drink too much alcohol um or I go overboard on the weekends and I'm good all week or I eat too big of portions and that's good I'm glad that almost everybody can identify something and then we work on that whether that be which I've said it in posts I've said it on podcasts You know, with the late night snacking, maybe we sub the unhealthy thing or less nutrient-dense thing with a more uh, more nutrient-dense option that's lower calorie. Um, Portion control, obviously, we would use the hand portioning or even start tracking. Um... What were the other ones that I said? Uh, The weekend binging, um, I'd probably say, hey, you know, like you're allowed to eat something fun out, but let's maybe make it one meal and you cut back on your calories a little bit in the morning and afternoon and fill yourself up with protein so you can eat the carb fat stuff later in the day and, and the alcohol and things like that and drink plenty of water. So there's always some sort of solution to it. And I always like to really approach things that way because I think that is a nice, slow and steady approach. And it is very um, good to set up for a long, healthy lifestyle journey that you are pursuing. So again, that I'm not against macros at all. They have a time and place, but usually the starting point for most of my clients is going to be what I just told you there. Okay. And then the last one that I wanted to talk about was taking photos of your food and the concept of intuitive eating, which is a little bit controversial. So first we have um, photos photos taking photos of your food kind of goes with the habit base that I was just talking about and my training app actually introduced this new feature because I do online coaching through Trainerize, and I've already had my clients do this because John Berardi Dr. John Berardi of Precision Nutrition actually talked about this and I thought it was a great idea he said if his clients struggled to log food he would have them take a picture of their food and send it to them Whatever it was, it kind of made them more self-conscious about what they were eating. Not in a bad way, but they were just more self-aware. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, if you're sending a picture to your trainer, you want to be something that looks good. You're not going to send them this giant fudge chocolate cake and a bag of chips like every single day, right? So that's why that concept's kind of important. Well, in the app now, you can actually log your food that way. You can take a picture. And that's how you log it. Um, you can put little notes under it and things like that. But I thought that was really cool. And I can go into your profile and see what you're eating based off photos. And I can kind of see where your portions are and, and what your meals are made of and if they're balanced. So that's something neat. Um, definitely on the less tedious tracking end and not as detailed for sure. So there's more room for error. But a great place to start for people who are who fear dieting um but want to build a better relationship with food and just want to be a little more self-aware getting into the intuitive eating uh, we're, we're on both ends of the spectrum so we have tracking macros and intuitive eating going back to tracking macros I didn't really get into this too much but the main controversial thing with tracking your macros was I don't know if you saw the craze a couple years ago it was II IIFYM If it fits your macros. Um, That's kind of when I got into the fitness realm. And everybody was doing it. So like let's say your macros were like 2000 calories. You would basically like eat the worst foods. To try to fit it into your macros. Just because you could. Like people were posting like. I made a one carb snickerdoodle snickerdoodle waffle. um, With sugar free cookie dough syrup and then i had um halo top ice cream and i ate a donut and then i had chocolate and you're like oh, like it sounds cool, oh, and Pop-Tarts, <laughs> it sounds cool in theory, but like honestly it's garbage for your performance in your body, um, this is why I'm going to like habit-based and portion control and focusing on micronutrients as well kind of becomes more important because we're looking into that nutrient dense, so that's the one end extreme of tracking macros, if it fits your macros, but you know, again, that's an extreme. Now, the other extreme of intuitive eating, a lot of people like to accuse intuitive eaters of kind of babying themselves. Because the concept behind intuitive eating is that you eat when you're hungry and when your body tells you you need to eat. But what if you're a boredom eater? What if your eating is more emotional? And and I feel like intuitive eating the idea of it sounds like it promotes you to be more aware of your body and maybe that's part of the process you notice that you know you listen to your hunger and you're like i'm not really hungry i'm actually hungry because i am tired or bored or stressed um so i get that but for people that may struggle with that i or need more order i feel like that could be an issue I think this kind of comes down to personality types too. Like I said in fitness, there's people that are very sciencey. They like to know the numbers. They like to know the correct form, the proper terminology. They love numbers. And I think that's where tracking macros comes in for those kind of people. Um, if we're going to do a black and white comparison. Intuitive eating might be more with the self-love, self-care, love yourself where you're at while you're still trying to improve. Um, you know yoga not saying that yoga is just like chill but you know it's more relaxing and you just kind of like go with the flow and you work out to enjoy it i think that's where intuitive eating more so falls on the other end of the spectrum um both have pros both have cons and of course i fall somewhere in the middle and usually i look at the client and see what their personality type is see what their lifestyle is like and i try to you know Pick what dieting method or tool is gonna to work best for you. You know, if you absolutely hate tracking, I'm not gonna make you track macros. Um, if you really wanna try it, you know, we'll ease you into it. And there's there's obviously multiple ways that you can do it. Um, so we we don't always start there. But with intuitive eating, all it really is, you don't you don't track your food. You just literally eat when you're hungry kind of try to be more mindful and listen to your intuition um listen to your hunger cues and again this could be great because I'm always talking about being more mindful of our bodies and listening to our bodies because our bodies do tell us things they do send out signals you know what I mean so there's that I believe there was actually like this whole book released on intuitive eating by this um these women if I'm not mistaken and um they kind of go into the pillars of intuitive eating and it goes really in depth um, about it and the science behind it and things like that but that's like the general gist of what intuitive eating is it's it's pretty broad so it can get a little confusing um so i'm not going to dive a ton into it but i just wanted to make you aware of it again if you want me to go into more depth on any of these topics let me know i'll probably if you don't see it already be making like some sort of instagram swipe information post on this um for my visual peeps out there but apparently you guys probably aren't visual peeps because you're listening to this podcast (laughs) um so yeah but you know my title of this episode was you know tracking your food which which way is best um if i were to say it depends you know that's always the answer right it depends um it everything has a time and place for instance um maybe if you're just getting started you want to do the portion control and habit based and then you you know you kind of hit a plateau and you need to take the last you know you need to take off 10 15 more pounds so then you go to partial tracking and then you really track macros um to get those last five pounds off then you go back to partial tracking you're at maintenance And then you go back to intuitive because you can eyeball your foods now and listen to your hunger signals and you don't need any of it. So you might go through this journey and then you might go back and start partially tracking macros again when you need to cut for something. Um, Or maybe you put on a couple pounds for various reasons or strength goals and you just want to shred again. So I I believe you're in a move and flow throughout your life if you are doing things the quote-unquote right way um i mean there are extremes of course some people strictly track macros some people are somewhere in the middle um it's it's all up to you and your lifestyle and this is again where it comes into knowing your body knowing what suits you best and you know starting with that so that's gonna be the answer so i hope me breaking those down and giving you an explanation of kind of what Types of ways you can track your food in a diet are and maybe you feel like based off your lifestyle that you align with a certain way yourself um if you do let me know you know shoot me a message tell me what kind of way you like to track your food best if you have any questions about how it is or you need guidance you know feel free to reach out to me i'd be definitely happy to help you out with that and offer some advice um or point you in the right direction of where to get started because i've had experience with all of these ways of tracking food um i have my preferences um i tend to see patterns in different types of clients based off their lifestyles which ones work best for them and myself as well but yeah we definitely go through all of them <laughs> at one point or another in life because life is wild life is crazy so all right. Um speaking of life being crazy, I'm going to close out this podcast by saying my cat Banks got neutered on 420. <laughs> um he got pain meds, poor little baby, and um you know, only 10% of cats react to pain meds by being hyper and guess he was hyper. Binksy. He was sprinting and jumping, and he broke one of my Tupperware containers that were unbreakable glass, and, <laughs> and it was a wild time. And, um, I had to stay home and watch him because I was really afraid he was going to open up his stitches and he was going to get an infection, and I need to take him back. Um, so far, we are on day four at the time of recording this podcast after he got his, um, balls removed (laughs) um but he has been just a little sweetheart he has calmed down he's curled up on me which he hasn't really like laid laid on top of me he was way more antsy um prior to this very horny and antsy and humpy but now he's very chill still has his little cone on and I think he's feeling it he's feeling the soreness now he's not invincible with his pain meds (laughs) um but they usually say about 10 days to two weeks is kind of like the rest period so I guess I'll only go up from here I also heard that, like, cats can get fat after they get neutered. I hope not, because he is a long and lean athletic kitty, and, like, as much as he bugs me with his playing, I would miss it if he doesn't want to play, and he's a lazy little bitch. <laughs> nah, I'll love him no matter what, but still, you know, hoping for still some of the old banks in there. So, yeah, send me some prayers about, you know, managing this, because I swear it's like having a little child, but, yeah, I just wanted to share with you guys, <laughs> um until next time if you enjoyed this episode as always please share with your friends share to your social media tag me um i love to see it you can ask me any questions um you can also leave a review on itunes and if you leave a review you get a percentage off to my programs and who doesn't like that who doesn't like discounts so be sure to do that too And until next time, I will see you next Monday, guys. Have a wonderful week and peace out.